Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Malthouse Games Podcast, episode number 95. I will be your host this Thursday evening that we're recording right now, Delton. With me today is my lovely wife and yellow player, Haley. Howdy, and with me today is the 30, flirty, and thriving Delton Brack. Hello. He had his birthday. On Tuesday the 22nd was my 30th birthday, so I'm officially in my 30s. And maybe people will take me seriously now. Are you flirty and thriving? Not really. Thriving for sure, no. I like to uh, make the joke about when I went into work on Tuesday, we had a big workout that morning. And uh, over the weekend, we got to see my grandma and my parents for my birthday and stuff. And when we went and saw my grandma, we got to bring home a big old Edison record player like cabinet chest thing. And I had to help my dad. 1922 version. Yeah, I had to help my dad carry it down some stairs of a very hot second floor that has no AC in my grandma's house. So my back was already sore. We worked out, and I got to work, and they're like, "How do you feel?" I was like, "I'm tired, and my back hurts, but I guess I'm okay." (laughs) It was just, it's par for the course, I think, from here on out. Which means tonight, since it's after nine o'clock, and Delton's tummy can't handle beer after nine, we're having whiskey. We are. Tonight, we are having uh, something I enjoy quite a bit, which is a Toki Highball. It is Toki whiskey, which is made by Suntory. It is a Japanese whiskey, and you mix it with a sparkling water or carbonated water, uh, and you've got a Toki Highball. Basically, you take a highball glass, which we don't have any of. We have different beer glasses, though. Uh, Fill it all the way to the brim with ice. You put basically a shot to two shots, depending on how you're feeling that night, of any whiskey for a highball, but I like Toki highball because that was the first one I had and I loved it. So I like that a lot. But you put those, fill the glass all the way up with ice, add your Toki highball one to two shots. I do one and then fill the rest of it with carbonated water and you have a Toki highball. It's very light, very carbonated. I use Perrier or any other kind of plain flavored. You can use Topo Chico, but I find that it doesn't quite lend itself as well to this drink. Delton's 30 now, so all of his alcoholic beverages require at least two-step preparation. No longer can you open a beer. (laughs) No longer is pouring something in a glass good enough. It is two-step prep from here on out, man. I drink just... You are classy. You are mature. Mature? You mature. On my birthday, I streamed for two hours playing Bioshock because I've never finished the Bioshock video game series, never even finished the first game. So... Uh, the last time I played it was October 17th of last year in 2020. So I decided to hop onto that. Let's continue. And I played for two hours on my birthday with a very tall glass of Japanese whiskey on the rocks. And I can't think of that whiskey's name for some reason. I really like it, uh, but I'm blanking. Shoot. It'll come to me at some point in this. But uh, that was just whiskey on the rocks. That's good. What else did you get to do for your birthday, honey bunny? So for my full birthday, uh, Haley got me the cologne that I was wanting, even though it's very expensive, which is Tobacco Vanille by Tom Ford. It's a very sweet vanilla. Uh, I don't know. It's, it's, it's got a very vanilla scent to it, a very sweetened scent, kind of a tobacco-y hint as it starts to fade out. Uh, I really like it. It smells very good to me. It smells very wintry and warm and welcoming. Uh, it smells like a hug. Generally, that's not like a scent I go for, but I have such a hard time finding what I think smells like me, and this is the only one I've had so far that I'm like, yes. But I also don't want to use it often because it's expensive for a a small bottle even. It'll go a long ways, though. It will. Uh, Haley gave me that. 
I got you a Chemex. She also got me a Chemex pour over for coffee. She got me the Bodum brand one uh, that does not take paper filters. It has like the mesh filter that you can keep reusing. So that's been fun to make coffee, especially since we ordered some Golden Lantern uh, coffee roasters out of Orange County in California. They are probably my favorite coffee right now, especially to order. And then we woke up Saturday morning for the celebrations of my birthday, which was Haley making me my favorite breakfast of biscuits and gravy. She had booked us a couple's massage at a uh, spa here in town that was phenomenal. The best massage I've had so far, and we both agreed it was our best massages. And the cheapest. That's very true, which is surprising. Uh, After that, we picked up a cake, dropped it off at, at the house. We went down to Game HQ Bought the game for today's episode Woo. and a booster box of flesh and blood cards from with my birthday money I got from Haley's parents. And then we ate an SMB burger, the good one on May, just north of 50th, south of 63rd. That's by far the best one. Great burger joint, has good vegan burgers and amazing French fries. And then after that, we came home, got around, and Haley had reserved us two seats at the Cigar Bar Burn, which is a Rocky Patel. Um, it's a cigar brand, so it's burned by Rocky Patel. It's one of their lo- one of their locations, and we had drinks, had some cigars. Uh, I had two cigars in succession and gave myself nicotine sickness, so <laughs> felt very unsteady. Came home, had a Dr Pepper, popcorn, watched some more Twin Peaks that we've been watching. I think we've talked about, and uh, yeah, rested up. And then Sunday, got to see my parents, see my grandma. It's been since before the pandemic or around the beginning since we've seen her. So that was really nice. She's now 92 as of a couple weeks ago and needs to stay out of her damn garden. We probably pulled about, what would you say, 50 uh, onions from the garden? I would say like 30 to 35. There wasn't that many. 30 to 35, but she had already pulled that day probably three, 400. I got, I took a picture. That's probably accurate. She had pulled all of those herself and we got there and she looked tired and we're like, grandma will help you. She goes, Nah, I got it. Like, no, Grandma. Go sit down in <laughs> the cold, down. please. Yeah, she does not need to be in that garden as much as she is, but to be fair, I think it's kept her going these 92 years. That's a drive for her mentally. She loves it. People compliment it, makes her feel good about it. And she's always had fun with it. You know, she gets to can goods and give them to people, and people love that. So I think it's something that's helping her keep going. And as long as she doesn't overdo it, I think it's definitely going to help her push closer to 100 because. I bet she can get there. Oh, yeah, she can. But it was a very good birthday weekend. Haley made sure I had everything I wanted, I think, except for more cards. But I, I, yeah, You also got to order some more for That's Cat true. Father's Day. That's true. So, Delton, now that you are old and wise, do you have any words of advice for us youngins? Uh, not really. Just, like, try to do good. <laughs> take, take care of your body. That's going to be the true <laughs> statement. Take care of your body while you can. Cuz the older you get, the harder it is. And now that I'm in the you know, in the past several years where we've changed our dieting habits, started working out more consistently, trying to have a healthier lifestyle, the more I wouldn't say I regret, but the more I wish I would have realized the importance of it when I was 21, 22, 23, you know, coming into that where my knees wouldn't be as shit today because I wouldn't have carried around all that extra weight, because I could have been healthier, I wouldn't have high blood pressure medicine, because I would have been healthy. Like, there's so many things. I just wish, focusing on your health in whatever form that takes, as long as it's benefiting you, 
uh, I think that's the biggest advice for any young person. At least you started when you were 26. Yes, I started at a decent age. Uh, I just hate, I hate not that I didn't realize it sooner. I didn't take it seriously, but that's okay. We're here, getting better, improving, moving on. You're here, you're cute, and you're playing board games. There you go. So, Delty, tell us a little more about your 30th birthday present. Oh, here's the door. It's straight ahead. It's it's a game. So, like I said, on Saturday for my birthday celebration, we went down to Game HQ, which is the biggest board game store we have in Oklahoma. Uh, it was funny, we had some people in from Texas. Where'd he say he was from? Somewhere in the panhandle. Uh... I can't remember his name now. Dang it. He was a nice guy. Uh, but he was like, this place is crazy big. And I was like, you've never been to Madness in like Fresco or wherever Madness is in da- outside of Dallas. Uh, anyway, he was very nice. It was pretty funny. But I was like, yes, this is our biggest board game store in Oklahoma. So you picked the right one to stop at if you wanted to be impressed by selection and everything like that. But we spotted something on the shelf that I have seen online several times, thought it sounded fun. Haley agreed, and instead of picking up Alma Mater, which I would like to play, we picked up Tokyo Highway. Tokyo Highway is published by Eaton Games. The game concept is Naotaka Shimamoto. Game design is Naotaka Shimamoto and Yoshiaki Tomioka. Art direction is Yoshiaki Tomioka. And the English translation and support is Nozomi Obinata. And game tuning is by Eaton Games as well. Uh, I looked on Eaton Games' website. They have awesome Japanese games that are... Um, I don't... You can change the website from English to Japanese and back and forth. I don't know that we can order them, but one of them is all about like an octopus trying to take out a ship, like a <gasps> Kraken or something. Oh but my it's gosh! But physical. All of their games seem to be some sort of dexterity game. Wow. Uh, I have to show you because... And Haley knows this about me. I find graphic design and advertising in the Japanese language to look fantastic. I love the look of it. Something about uh, the Japanese kanji and uh, katakana and hiragana, I think, look great in advertisements. And especially when it's done with the right colors and shapes and things, I just feel like it looks entertaining. It looks, you know, I mean, it's, it's different. I can't read it. And I think that's also a fascinating thing because I find the Japanese and a lot of Asian languages to be fascinating languages. So that plays into it. But anyway, all their games look interesting as hell to me. So we'll have to look at more of those. But Tokyo Highway is a dexterity game where all of the players are building highways on the table, trying to go under and over your opponent's roads to be able to place more cars on the highway. And whoever places all of their cars first or the last person to run out of their construction columns uh, is going to win the game. Uh, the game's very simple. You start with, uh, basically, the roads are like popsicle sticks, like skinny ones. The columns are little, I guess it would be a, a thick disc, right? Yeah. A thick, like a puck shape. Yeah. Um, you start with one popsicle stick touching the table, and the other end is on top of the center of one of those, like, discs, one of those columns. Like a little ramp. Like a little ramp. On, that's your on-ramp onto the highway. From there... You, on your turn, will place columns. It always has to be one up or one down from the column it's coming from. So the first column is just a single one, which means the next one has to be at two or back to the table. If you go back to the table, though, the game would be over. Don't do that. Uh, So you go up from level one to level two. Then your next one can either go from two down to one or from two up to three. So it'll be three column pieces 
popsicle stick there. You do that on your turn until your road crosses over an opponent's piece of road. Then uh, whatever your road piece is that crosses over theirs or under theirs in some scenarios, you will place a car on your road and it passes your turn. The only other big rule is if you knock over an opponent's pieces or an opponent knocks over some other player's pieces, they have to pay a penalty of a number of column pieces equal to how many pieces they knocked off. I feel really called out right now. I know you are. So if I bump something and I knock one of Haley's cars off and one of Haley's road pieces off, I not only have to fix what I broke, but I have to give her two column pieces out of my supply. Let's not mince words, Delton. When Haley tries to put yes. down a couple of her pieces and ends up knocking over a whole ass section of Delton's highway and costs her five pieces of her materials, that's what that looks like. Exactly. Uh, this game goes from two to four players. From what I can tell, it originally started out as a two-player only game. And then they made this version to go from two to four. It says it takes about 30 minutes. And this is where I'm going to go on the first true tangent of this game. The game will take about 30 minutes. Unless we have what happened the other night, which is someone's pieces keep falling. Haley's. And keep falling. Haley's. And keep falling. Haley's. Whenever that happens, it really does grind the game to a halt while you're waiting on someone to fix it. When Haley is trying to use her manual dexterity to fix what she has broken and ends up breaking more things, it can really put a damper on the game and halt the speed. So one of the special rules in this game is each player is going to have a certain number of yellow column pieces. These make a junction. Uh, just like you would think a junction would do on a highway, it allows you to branch out in one extra direction. So the road leads into the junction, and then the junction can now basically split into two directions from there. So you'll have a total of three road pieces touching that junction. Well, when you use a junction, it allows you to jump up or down more levels than you normally would. So if you're coming from a level three column piece, you know, three column pieces, with a junction, you could go to a five instead of a four. You could go all the way down to two. You could go all the way up to seven. Anything you want. The problem is that it makes you have a very steep ramp up or down. Turns out. And the pieces in this game do not stick well. So the cars slide all over the sticks. Slicker and snot. The sticks are slick and move around. It makes it very hard to keep up and maintain and then build onto that. So Haley had a very, very volatile setup <laughs> and it proved to be fatal for the game. It turns out I was Godzilla all along. She really was. She was the kaiju of the table at this time. Um, that's really the big complaint I have with the game is if someone messes up and knocks stuff down, not only do they have to fix it, but everybody has to wait for them to fix it before we can continue playing the game. If it's my case, you might as well start another game on the side because it's going to take me about eight years to be able to not only put my stuff back together, but put it together in a timely and precise way that way I don't knock over more pieces in the process. And to put it together not only a timely and precise way, but also a way in which if somebody else happens to barely touch the table, it doesn't come crashing down, which is what happened. And Brian said, that's it, we're done. And I said, yeah. And we just, we packed it up. We packed it up and put it away. 
that is really the only negative thing of it. Um, I feel like the two-player game is the game of banking on your opponent to mess up and knock mm-hmm. something over. Where the three and four player game, now I haven't done four player, but we've done three. I can imagine what four would be like. I feel like those games are more based on trying to play it safely and hope that you don't knock something over. I agree because like with the two player game, you said it yourself uh, when we were talking about it earlier. Mm-hmm. Uh, you went first and you had to use about three or four popsicle sticks just to be able to cross one of my bridges because you have to keep playing your turn until you cross someone else's bridge or give yourself the ability to uh, put down one of your cars. So yes. if you haven't crossed a bridge or you haven't crossed a bridge that has been crossed before, you got to keep playing stuff. And so Delton had to use three or four popsicle sticks at first. And so for the rest of the game, you know, I kind of went ham on my pieces. I was like, oh, Delton's already used a lot of his. Well, then I start knocking stuff over. And basically by my last turn, my strategy was, okay, I'm going to try and place at least a couple more cars, and then I have to wait for Delton to mess up. I have to wait for him to knock over some of my pieces so I can get some of my materials back. Because as the last turn came around, I was out of materials, so that means I lost. Yep. So that is one of the things. In a two-player game, when you go first, you have to build all the way across, which I say all the way across the table. It's basically like two, maybe three popsicle sticks, depending on how you do it. And I'm, It's really going to be three, which means a lot of column pieces just to put your first car. But that's something you have to do as the start player of a two-player game, which immediately puts you behind on pieces. So if your opponent is uh, doing well at playing and can come in and play steadily without knocking anything over, I think that's almost an auto win. But I don't know because I haven't played it, because it depends on the height, how high or how short you're doing it, all that kind of stuff. So it's something we have to play more of. But based off that, I think that's my only complaint, is if you're both two steady-handed people that aren't going to make mistakes, it's probably going to be whoever goes first is going to lose. So just play with Haley. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) However, in the three- and four-player game, someone's going to mess up. There's so many options. In a three-player game, there were so many other ways to get points. It was like Brian went over to your side to get points over, you know, crossing over your roads. You came out, started crossing over Brian's roads. I came straight across to cross over both of y'all's roads. So it it, it changes up the way the game feels. Uh, that being said, it's I'm not the hottest on the game. Like it's not one, you know, dexterity game wise. There's so many. I mean, Crokinole is probably taking the lead spot for me because I find Crokinole to be a very fun competitive, mostly two player. You can play it others, but mostly two-player game, and like Flick 'em Up is a really fun, goofy game that always has people laughing, but Tokyo Highway takes a little more skill to play. It's a little different, but I'm not sure that the rule set lends itself to replayability really well because of slowed down times with errors that are big, very slowed down times with that, and uh I just can't determine if going first is just always a detriment for how many pieces you've got, you know? And see, I disagree. For me, this has higher playability than something like Junk Art. I like Junk Art. Junk Art's one of my favorite, like, party-ish games or playing games whenever you're not really taking things seriously. But for this one, this is like the goofiness and strategy of Junk Art. But it feels more like a game rather than a goofy experience that you're doing. And so for me, even though I am horrible at dexterity games, 
I try my best. That's the thing. That's, I don't know if that makes it better or worse. But I actually really try with dexterity games. I just suck at them. But I really enjoyed the building aspect of this. I enjoyed, you know, figuring out, okay, where can I lay my rows so I get the most points? Because I, I really like to focus on the first game and the second game. And granted, I lost each time, but because I took risks. Um, but I really tried to focus on how can I place two cars on one road when I play. And so I enjoyed the simplicity of it, but the strategy that you can utilize with that simplicity. I feel like you could have a experienced player and a new player and both can play this game and have a pretty good equal chance i mean as long as one of them's not me with their poor manual dexterity true but i really liked it and i could definitely like i would want to play it again tonight i mean don't get me wrong i enjoy the game i like the gameplay it's not that like i think the gameplay is fun i like the idea i like the way it looks when you're done the way you're building up this ridiculous highway system based off the tokyo highway system all this stuff I think that's really fun. My only concern is after playing it two player, if we play it two player 10 times, how often does the first player lose if no mistakes on the table are made? You know what I mean? I don't yeah. want to have to play the game banking on mistakes being made to have an, yeah. a chance to win. That's, that's true. That's my complaint. Um, and I don't know that that's a true statement, but it might be, right? I guess right. part of that is if you play well enough, you place all of your cars because every single move is a critical move that places a new car for you, well, you've probably set yourself up to win quickly. Right. So I, I just don't know. We haven't played it enough for me to get to that point. But to mirror what you said, or not mirror, mimic, uh, I do really enjoy the gameplay. I think the game looks cool on the table. It's fun to play. It's interesting to think about, okay, how can I get the most points? Where should I go from here? I enjoy everything else about playing the game. That's my only two complaints. So in order to make this study scientific, we're going to need some volunteers to play Delton. Because I'm too wild of a variant to act as a control as we try to figure out if, if you're the start player, does that make it less likely you lose? Because at the end of the day, I'm probably going to lose this game. Yeah. So take this to Brian's house on Saturday. You guys play it 10 times and come back with a full Shoot. report. We're playing Magic on Saturday. Thank you. Going to have a magical afternoon. Yep. Yeah. So like Delton said, like we, were, we played this three-player with Brian. We played this two-player with ourselves. But the, the first night that we were playing it, you know, I had made the mistake i had uh i was a little overzealous and i tried to connect a four uh four piece tall uh column to a two piece tall column ended up knocking stuff over delayed the game for probably like 15 minutes and then brian went to take his turn and all of my things fell again my mine was too unstable and so like he was done and he was done and, and rightfully so i think hey what can i get you i'd like a topic any special way? Make it a top shelf topic. Coming up. Enjoy. So that leads us into the topic for today, which is when to quit a game. I call it Monopoly Syndrome. She calls it Monopoly Syndrome because Monopoly, you never want to quit. No, Monopoly, you always quit before the game's over. Oh, I see. I've only finished one game of Monopoly, and that was the one with you. we played. That the was one you still played. Still miserable in four oh, hours. Oh, it was horrible. Like I, I wanted to quit. I wanted to like drive away, join the circus. Like I did not want to finish that game. I mean, I agree, <laughs> but we did. Damn it! So this is Monopoly syndrome. Whenever a game is so, either your your experience is so bad, your the game is so bad that you just want to quit. And this is like the opposite of episode 84. Episode 84, we talked about 
oh, how to make a game fun even if you are losing or you don't like it. This is like, when do you hit your breaking point? Like, when is it okay to quit? Yeah. I mean, that's a good point. So like we were saying with Tokyo Highway playing with Brian, you know, Haley had been holding the game up for like 15 minutes trying to rebuild and it's falling apart, rebuild and it's falling apart. We're trying to help her rebuild, but the pieces just aren't cooperating. It's falling apart as, you know, dexterity games can happen. And then Brian takes his turn and one little nudge and all of Haley's stuff that she's been struggling with just falls again, which means it's now a Brian's penalty, which means he's supposed to give Haley pieces for that. And for me, if I were to take his pieces, I would have considered that a mean game because I was the one who made that flimsy road. And so for me, when we were probably about 10 minutes into me trying to fix the road, because I was really trying. I mean, we were laughing, we were having a good time, but at the end of the day, I was really trying to make that stable, make it not fall. Mm -hmm. And so for me, like I even mentioned during that time, guys, we can quit and start over. And, you know, it was late. We all had work the next day because we're adults. I mean, Delton's 30 now, so... Yay. His bedtime's like 7.45. Yep. So I I got to the point in that where I was like, okay, this is a point where not for my sake, but for the sake of the team, I, I just want to quit. I want to stop this. I'd like to restart it. And so that was that for me that night. And Brian was short, was uh, followed shortly after. Brian was short. That's probably accurate <laughs> as well. Uh, I mean, it did. Frustration kicked in for Brian, which is understandable in that scenario. And I know it did for you as well, trying to continuously rebuild your stuff. Yeah, I think for me, like, it was kind of letting you guys down. As well, it was my fears. Like, I am stalling this game. They're going to think I'm not taking it seriously, which I was. I just really suck. And I felt bad because my horrible dexterity was leading to a huge lag in the game. And, I mean, you know, like I said, that's one of my complaints with the game. Uh, which I think is an understandable and uh, appropriate complaint, but uh, th that is a thing to consider is when do you just quit playing a game? And there's not been a lot of scenarios where we just say, all right, we're done. We're not going to play any longer. We're going to quit or we're going to cut it short. My most fond memory and, and given, I feel like the time to cut it short is when you're no longer having fun. Right. And you can no longer make it fun. Yes. So like I know that, we talked about yeah. in how to keep going when you're not enjoying it. It kind of part of that too comes with is the whole table having a good time. Well, at this point, the whole table's just sitting and waiting. Right. Are you the sour grape or is everybody sour when you throw out the whole bag? Exactly. So the one time I remember vividly quitting, very frustratingly so, because we I was trying to make a video out of it. We were doing, uh, Space Cowboys has the Unlock series, which is like an escape room game in a box. You use your phone app, all that. We had picked up, or I had picked up the Nautilus Trap, which is not even the hardest difficulty. But, I mean, we were probably at it for an hour and 15 minutes. They're supposed to be an hour timed. Could not figure it out. Did not understand the clues was just not having it. And I just got mad at some point. I looked it up on the internet and I was like, what is the answer to this clue? And I found out I was not the only one that was very frustrated with the the difficulty and not the difficulty in that it was a valid clue, but difficult, just that it seemed to be like the clues were, they weren't well done in that one is how it felt. Uh, I, I'm still to this day that like, it frustrates me because I like doing things that are puzzly and cluey I think, like, uh, I have a coworker who does crosswords all the time. I get very mad at crossword puzzles because instead of just being, what's, what's this? What's that? 
the ones where they throw in a twist to try to make it a clever little clue, you know what I'm talking about? Mm-hmm. Drives me nuts because that's not how I'm approaching this game. And even if I try to, I don't get those a lot of the times, right? It's the same with Jeopardy questions. Sometimes a Jeopardy question will give something away in it. But unless you know the answer, you don't get that it's giving something away. I get very frustrated at that. And that's a personal thing. Uh, but that's how this game made me feel. Nautilus Trap. And I was just done. I, I never finished it. I passed it off to Brian and his wife. Said, here, you guys try it. It sucks. Have fun. Uh, 30 minutes in, he said, nope. That it doesn't make sense. We moved past it. Gave it to somebody else. I don't even know where it's at. And like we've played other unlocked games and loved them. Yes, we played other escape games and had a good time. Had tough you know, puzzles to get past, but in the end, clues and all, they still made sense so we could move past them. That game no longer made sense, and I was no longer having a good time. I think another one of those was ideology. Now, ideology as a game, like, I I enjoy ideology. I like the concept of it, but the table we were playing with, they were trying, but you could tell that we weren't just, nobody was really into it. Like, this game, for some reason, coming out at that time, it was the perfect storm. It was storm just all wrong. Where it was all wrong. Like, we had so many questions we had to look up on BBGG. We were playing with one, like, really experienced board game player, one who was not at all. And just, it was it was not a good fit for the culture of the day. Yes, I agree with that. And so we decided, we went a couple of rounds, we decided to pack it up, play something else. Now, we played something else, and everyone had a great time. Uh, I can't remember what we played after that, but... Wasn't that the day we played Puerto Rico? It was Puerto Rico, it, like, yes. It's, it's not that ideology is too complex of a game. Right. But something about it just was not working. It was not working. Mm-hmm. And so, like, I wanted to piggyback on episode 84 because we talked about, you know, how to make a game fun when you're not having fun. And I think that's important, and that's something that, you know, I try to employ, I know Delton tries to employ, is still having fun whenever you're you're losing or you're not enjoying the game, where the game... Is not fun at all, but also giving yourself permission to be like, I don't have to finish this. No, I don't think that yeah. should be at the expense of the table. Like if everyone's having a good time and you're just in a really crappy mood or you're losing, it doesn't give you permission to just be like, I'm done with this game. I'm quitting. But, you know, if you're playing with your sweetie or you're playing with a group of three people and nobody's having a good time, it's okay to shelve the game. It doesn't mean that the game's bad. It doesn't mean yeah. that you failed. It just means that maybe you guys aren't in the mood for a dexterity game. Maybe you aren't in the mood for a Euro game. Maybe you need something lighter. Maybe you need something more engaging. It's okay to shelve a game if you're not having fun. Because what's the point of board gaming? Yep. It's all about having fun with people. Your friends, preferably. Yes. Or your sweeties. Exactly. Ha. And that's exactly it. It's okay to say, I think I'm not feeling this. Are you guys still feeling this or no? Because we can put it away. It's okay. Like, it's one of those things that, I kind of had to learn with TV. I don't have to finish a series. I'm Ooh. not I'm not going to finish Cowboy Bebop. I just don't I'm not into it. Sorry. Prepare for the hate mail. Uh, yeah, sorry anime fans, Cowboy Bebop not for me. Got halfway through the series, did not have anything keeping me there aside from a great theme song and like a cool environment and like and a corgi. And a corgi and a world, but in terms of uh overarching story that was interesting and wanting me to stay watching, couldn't get into it. Same thing with, um, what else was I watching that I gave up on? Uh, JoJo's Bizarre Adventure, another anime, can't get into it. It's a little too over the top for my taste. I have to be okay with stopping and saying, I'm just not going to finish it. 
I don't, there's no point in putting yourself through something you're not liking. It's something I'm trying to talk you into all the time, which is it's okay to stop reading a book. <laughs> to put the book down halfway through if you're not enjoying it and just say, I'm not liking this. I'm going to read something I'll enjoy. I did that once in the fourth grade. You want to know what it was? What? It was a book called My Teacher Flunked the Planet. Horrible. I got like three chapters in. <laughs> could not do it. I still remember the, the cover. It is a bunch of kids in a tree house. They're like pointing and yelling. And the teacher like has taken off their face. And they have like the butt ugly Martian style head. Oh my gosh. He was basically like an alien teacher. I just, I like, I could not suspend disbelief as a 10 year old enough to there finish that book. Well, there you go. And that's something uh, I remember it was Quinn's from Shut Up and Sit Down talked about when he learned that it's okay to not finish a book you're not enjoying. And I kind of took that to heart a little bit. I was like, it's fine to not finish something. So to bring that back to gaming, it's okay to not finish a gameplay. You can come back to it later and try again. You don't have to ever try again, ever again, if you don't want to. I think it's something that, you know, needs to be said here and there. It's all right. You don't have to like every game. Yeah. You don't have to bring a game to the table all the time. Like, it's okay to not be in the mood for one. It's okay to shelve one. Yeah. Live your life. As as the sign that hung in my grandma's house once said, life is like a roll of toilet paper. The longer it goes, the shorter it gets. Life's too short to not have a good experience on board gaming day. I thought your grandma had a sign like that? Yeah. I always told you there was a customer at the bank that used to come in and said that one time. And it was like my favorite saying. My mom sold the signs in her store. Oh, that's yeah. funny. Yeah. Yeah, that's always one of my favorites. Like a roll of toilet paper. The long, more you use it, the quicker it goes. How I how I always said it. But yeah, so hopefully that helps make you feel more comfortable if you're just not feeling a game and the whole table's kind of in agreement, especially because obviously you don't want to ruin everyone else's time just because you're not right. having a great time. But if everyone's not having a great time, it's fine to call it quits. Yeah, I think you make a good point. Like voice if you're really not having a good time, but then be okay if everyone else is. Like try to it, have there's a, good a line. Time. There's there. a line. But also if everyone hates it or you and your sweetie are just like not feeling it. Put it away. Yep. Pack oh, it up. Pack try, it up. Try something else or go watch some a movie. With that being said, and I still have like half the a quarter of my Toki highball, let's move into the question. And now, join us for a Malt House Games podcast special bite-sized question. I finished my highball. Do I win? I still have some more of mine. You don't win. You just get to sleep better. Yeah. Because it is 10.22 at night. Oh, God. And we have a, almost an hour-long workout in the morning. I got to go to Midwest City. Oh, that's going to be bad. So, question of the episode, Delty Boo. The question of this episode is, what job would you have based on the board games that you are good at? I would not be an engineer. You would be nothing to do with your hands. <laughs> nothing. I would also not be a brain surgeon. Again, nothing to do with your hands. Unless it's talking with them. I, I think I would run a pretty good nonprofit because my first goal in all of my board games is to make sure my people are fed. And by God, every time I, I, I have never taken the starvation token in Agricola, I have never let my little meeples go hungry. I will, just like that, there's a meme uh, that is, have you guys seen the meme where it's someone sleeping in the bed and there's like a soldier with his arms out, like protecting the sleeping person from all these things? Like it says, mm -hmm. uh, the one sleeping in the bed is the meeple. The soldier is me. And it's like sacrificing every other goal for the game. Just to make sure my meeples are fed. That is me. 
I will run a nonprofit because I will make sure all my meeples are fed always as my primary objective before even winning. Well, there you go. Delty, what about you? Honestly, I have no earthly idea. I've been trying to think about this between our conversations or in our conversations, and I just don't know what, if anything, I would be like what a good thing would be for me. I don't, I just, uh, I don't know. Help me out. What do you think would be a good one? Project manager. A project manager? Yeah. Because I can keep an eye on the big picture, even if I'm not great at the small stuff? Yes. There you go. Nailed project it. Project manager. Nailed it. What game supports this? Basically any Euro game. I always have the big picture in mind. I just can't always put it together to get there. <laughs> Sometimes you do. You're, you're really good, like, Big picture guy. Here's here's my goal. Here's what's going to happen. Make it happen. You're a project manager. Deal. I will be a project manager based on board games. I like it. So we're going to go quit our jobs now. No, not doing that <laughs> at all. <laughs> no, that's a that, that would be a mistake. We have a house to pay for. Thanks. Yes, we have a march to pay for. That's also true. She needs food. Actually, right now she just wants cuddles. You can tell. We'll have to post this picture. She is laying like face first in her blankie. She just become one with the blankie. Little sausage. Little sausage. I say little. She's pretty big. But she's not big. She's medium. She's the world's most medium dog. She's the world's most medium dog. The smallest big dog and the biggest small dog. Amen. She's right there in the middle. I think that's going to wrap this episode. We need to do our Patreon patrons shout outs, which is going to go to Allison, Alan, Jesse, Catherine, Jennifer, and Cliff. Thank you all so much for supporting us on Patreon. I am currently looking into uh, microphone cables as the purchase that's going to come next because I keep getting noise from one of them and I'm worried it's going to start interfering with the actual recording. The cables I bought are very cheap. I'm going to upgrade them. That's going to be great. And I might also invest the money into nicer microphones in the near future. Not that these aren't great mics, but... One more step up, and I think we will hit Pinnacle. Well, you know, there's always mics that are like three grand a piece, which is ridiculous. But anyway, we will actually have broadcast quality, keeping up with every other podcast that does anything big microphones, I feel like. We're also looking into a gift for our 100th episode for all Patreon backers. We are. That is, uh, as, as of this moment, undecided, unplanned, and uninitiated. <laughs> but we talked about it, and we are going to give something for the 100th episode. Yes, we will. Uh, we are planning something. We'll figure it out between now and then. I believe the 100th episode we discovered is uh, the 5th of September. So be on Wait, the year out? not September. November. 5th of November. No, September. November. September. November, Haley. Ah. This is the 95th episode every two weeks is an episode. Right. It's November because the eight, the 98th episode was August 8th. Del, I think you need to do your mathing. It's, it's, it's June. It's the 95th episode. Hold on. <laughs> hold on. It doesn't, it do, hold on. My months, hold on. Now I feel like I sounded like a dickhead and it was, I was not trying to sound rude, but I was uh, so sure of myself. Because we talked uh, about it a minute ago. You said, haha, sep- remember, remember the 5th of September. Instead of and 5th I said, November. Yes, so yeah. I'm confusing myself because of V for Vendetta. It's confusedception. Damn you, Alan Moore. Uh, yes, Alan Moore and his uh, V for Vendetta. Great book. You should read it. Great movie. You should watch it. They are fairly different. So 5th of September, be the on the of, ear out. You know, I was thinking September. My brain literally went, the months go June. <laughs> 
July, September, August, November. That was what they did in my brain. And I was like, nailed it. <laughs> Freaking nailed it. Oh, I'm so dumb. Okay. Is it ear out or I? I guess it'd be ear out for our Malt House Games number one fan making a guest appearance on the 100th episode. Yes, I, th- I believe we're having Allison on our 100th episode. Allison. You- so you can hear from her about who knows what game and what topic at this point. We have no idea for that. But yes. We will be doing something for the 100th episode. All Patreon backers that are actively patrons for the month of September will be receiving whatever we decide. Uh, more details to come in the future. Sonic Tater Tots. <laughs> Sonic Tater Tots. We'll mail you a box of Tater Tots. <laughs> oh, that would be so gross. They're like pocket tots. Hey, Napoleon, you can eat your tots? Give me some of your tots. This went off the rails really quickly. <laughs> it really did. Thank you so much. Speaking for... of our Tokyo Highway, it went off the rails. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Uh, thank you so much for listening to the Malthouse Games podcast. Be sure to follow us on all social media at Malthouse Games, M-A-L-T-H-A-U-S Games. Be sure to like, share, and subscribe to this episode, our podcast. You can find our uh, videos on YouTube, all of that stuff. You can find me personally on social media at Delton Brack, D-E-L-T-O-N-B-R-A-C-K. You can find Haley at S-Q-U-I-R-R-E-L-Y-G-E-K. That is at Squirrely Geek. Uh, if there is a game that you think we need to be looking at, a topic that you want us to cover, or a question for us to answer on the episode, those are the easiest to send in if you send them to contact at malthousegames.com. Speaking of malthousegames.com, head there, which is our website that showcases all the games we've covered, our favorite games, uh, the new hot games that we're looking at right now. Uh, We haven't posted a new blog on there because we're bad at writing things (laughs) for that. But it kind of gives you a little bit of insight into us, what we do, what we are, and it has links to our Patreon and social media all at the bottom of, I think, each page, but especially the homepage. Delton worked really hard on the website, and it looks great. I'm really proud of him. Check it out. I did spend a lot of time on that. Is there anything else I'm missing before we go? Happy birthday, Delton. I love you very much, and I will not trade you in for a younger model. Well, that's good to know. I think it's because you're about to age out of the young model I region yourself. I'm right behind you. <laughs> not by much. Just in November. And a, not for the that, 100th episode. Not for the 100th episode. I keep giving you finger guns. I don't, I, I've had whiskey. Beep, beep, beep. Apparently, that's my, <laughs> apparently that's my thing now. I have whiskey and I do the finger guns. But it's you also, really are like this is a single now. finger gun. I always do two fingers. Yeah, instead a of one. shooter. Okay, whatever. Uh, I think that wraps everything up. Thank you again for listening to the Malthouse Games Podcast. Until next time, sit back, relax, grab a drink, and play some games. We'll see you folks later. Bye. Bye.